Hey everyone, in this episode we are talking about Gestalt language processing in children. I was so fortunate to interview Kim Jenkins. She is a fellow speech therapist and she has written a book on echolalia and Gestalt language processing. So if you are a fellow speech therapist and you want to know more about how kids process language, or if you are a parent and you want to learn more about how your child processes language, I hope you find this episode helpful and thank you for listening. So we have Kim with us and she is a pediatric speech language pathologist. Um, So I wanted to introduce her. She specializes in gestalt language processing. So um, Kim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Carrie. So I'm a speech language pathologist and I reside in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a mom to two boys, soon to be both in college. One of them's 20 and the other one's 18. And yes, I'm about to be an empty nester. It's so crazy. Oh, that Mm. is wild. Um, How long have you been a speech therapist? I've been a speech language pathologist for 26 years. I can't believe that when I say that. It's crazy. It's gone by so fast. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. Great experience. That's awesome. So I see a lot on social media, you talking about gestalt language processing. Can you start from the beginning and tell us what that is? Yes. So gestalt language processors are children who communicate by processing language in whole chunks. So where an analytic language processor, those those children are known as word babies, they tune into single words, but Gestalt language processors are intonation babies and they hear the melody of language. So they communicate, it's a very typical way to process language, but um, echolalia is the essential part of language for Gestalt language processors. They use delayed echolalia to communicate, um, especially in stage one. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. So you know, I work in early intervention, so I see a lot of those intonation babies. Um, so how does it really differ from what we call analytical processing or what most parents know as starting with first words? How does that differ with Gestalt language processing? So a, um, an analytic language processor, they're going to learn one word at a time. So they might use the word ball, for example, and then they expand that utterance to become big ball, then it gets even bigger, big red ball, then they make it into a sentence, the big bit, the big red ball rolled. So they process words and units and those single words they use to build into longer utterances. But a Gestalt language processor, at the beginning of their language, they um, process language in chunks. So it's basic units of language that are delayed echolalia to communicate so their utterances are longer. And then as their language becomes more advanced, it they are actually able to shorten those chunks of language to single words by stage three. There are actually six stages. Okay, so it kind of works in reverse from the analytical language processor. Yes, exactly. Two single words to make those single words functional and then expanding on them. Absolutely. Okay. How do you identify gestalt language processing and what is the youngest child that you have identified this with? That's a really good question. So sometimes, you know, I have a little boy on my caseload. His mom actually thought he was an analytic language processor Mm -hmm. when he first started to communicate, when he started to talk, because 
he had a lot of single words, but he didn't really do a whole lot with them. He wasn't combining them into chunks. And um, so, but one thing you really notice is that they have a lot of intonation. Their language is very rich in melody and they, one thing that really sets them apart is their use of delayed echolalia, where they'll take a line from a TV show, a song, a movie, even a conversation they've heard a few minutes ago, and use that at a time when maybe you might not find it appropriate or even at a time that it is appropriate. They will use those chunks of language to communicate rather than single words. I know that when I went to grad school, Long ago, we were taught to ignore echolalia, which is so frustrating. So it's now mm-hmm. that we don't want to ignore that echolalia. That is actually a gestalt language processor. Is that correct? Yes. We don't want to ignore or extinguish their script because echolalia communicates. It's something that they're trying to communicate to us. So we always want to acknowledge that script and recognize it as communication. So smiling, nodding your head, repeating it back to them. Even when we can't understand what they're saying, okay. if it, we just want to acknowledge what they're saying and form that connection with them. Because no matter what that child is saying, there still is communicative intent behind it, right? Yes, absolutely. There's communicative intent. Sometimes, sometimes the gestalt they're using is something that holds, that holds meaning for them. They may not be necessarily trying to tell us something, but it's something in their head that they, that hold, that held really important meaning that they are Mm -hmm. just expressing out loud. Yeah. We need to, as parents and speech therapists, acknowledge that. So if it's important to the child, then maybe that's what's motivates them. Um, So when you get a child with a short language processing, what does therapy look like for that child? That's a great question. Therapy is child-led, and I love therapy with Gestalt language processors. You Mm -hmm. allow for movement in the session. You honor all types of play. So if you have a child that likes to line up Barbie dolls, for example, you don't try to correct that and make it neurotypical. Mm -hmm. You, You are seeing them where they are, and you're joining them in the play. And you also are okay with silence in the session, giving them time to communicate spontaneously and to um, engage with you. You use play and sensory preferences with them. So you take into account maybe if it's a sensory seeker, you provide activities that are sensory rich. If it's a child who's an avoider, you make sure that you avoid things that they don't like in the session. So you really, you don't need a plan. You big part of it is just that you want to build trust with the child and before the language models will be accepted by then. And so child led play, we know increases learning outcomes because it helps the child helps when the child is intrinsically motivated. That's awesome. I love that. Don't have a plan. And that really is something that I was not taught in grad school. So, and I have right, me neither. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I have found that kids learn and grow so much more when it is child led play. Um, and yes. I personally need to be better about the silences. So that is a good reminder because I always feel the need to fill the silences in my treatment session. So this is a really good reminder that I need to 
be okay with those silences and giving the child a break and time to process and everything. So thank you for that reminder for sure. No, it, it's important for me too. I have to remind myself because we're, we're taught that just like yeah. you said in graduate school yeah. that we're teaching language, but we're actually helping a child acquire language by modeling it naturally for them. Yes, absolutely. So, so yeah. you know, I this a lot. If a child is a gestalt language processor, does that mean that the child will have autism? Or if the child has autism, does that mean that they be both? Like, which which one is it? Do they come hand in hand? That's a great question. And I'm asked this a lot of times by my parents. So we know that it's estimated up to 75% of all gestalt language processors are autistic. But we do know that not all gestalt language processors are autistic. So it is actually a very natural way for a child to acquire language through mm -hmm. gestalt language processing. So there are children who are neurotypical okay. who are gestalt language processors. Okay, that is so good to know. So how can parents help their own child if they suspect that their child is a gestalt language processor? What can parents do to help? The first thing that they want to do is they want to model language naturally for their child. There are six different stages that okay. their child is going to go through. So it would be really helpful for them to understand natural language acquisition, which is the process a Gestalt language processor goes through to um, learn or acquire their language. And so it would help them to know what happens at each stage so that they can model language naturally for their child in those stages. Okay, that's super helpful. What are those different, yeah. you said there's six of them? There are, there are six stages. So the first stage is echolalia. So this is where a child will script whole gestalts okay. or single word gestalts, and they might have intonationally defined strings of language. So it could be a song that mm -hmm. they're singing or a nursery rhyme that they're repeating. And stage two is when they begin to mitigate those longer gestalts. So they take parts of the gestalts and they combine them with other parts of other gestalts. So for example, if they, um, if they had said Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall in stage one, mm -hmm. the stage two mitigation could be mommy sat on the wall or daddy sat on the wall. I had a little boy who there was a song and he would say, I, I like, or do you like avocado lollipops? Oh, how funny. And so he, when he mitigated that, we were outside playing and he said to a horse that was in his neighbor's backyard, horsey, do you like lollipops? So it could be a trimming down of that longer gestalt and okay. changing it in some way. Cool. So that's stage two. Okay. And then stage three is when single words and two word combinations occur. So that's when the single word is freed from a gestalt okay. and they begin to make two word combinations of a noun plus a modifier such as, um, big ball or noun plus noun, okay. um, ball floor without regard to word order. So they could say ball red or ball okay. big or big ball, red ball. Okay. Yes. So they play around with those two word combinations. And then in stage four, that's when you're going to begin to see the grammar emerge. That's where original phrases or sentences and beginning grammar happen the child begins to put together those freed single words to make novel phrases and sentences. Amazing. So if they had said mommy 
in stage three, they start to build it. Mommy, floor, me, putting those words independently together to say, mommy, I want you to sit on the floor with me. So you might hear a lot of incorrect grammar in the stage because they're truly beginning to form those utterances on their own with those single words that were freed in stage three. Yes. Yes. That is so amazing. It's fascinating. the way. Yes. And then stage five is when their grammar is going to become more complex. And stage six is the most advanced stage of Gestalt language processing. And that's the final stage of grammar. Wow. That's amazing. And I'm so glad that there is so much more knowledge about this and that word is getting out, that there are two different ways that kids can process language. Cause this is so, so important that we don't just funnel all kids into analytical language processing. I'm learning so much more about it. Where can parents and speech therapists learn more information about this if they're interested in it? This is great. So I highly recommend MeaningfulSpeech.com. And she is amazing. She has a course for SLPs and for parents. She has a handbook on her site. She has a blog, lots of free, amazing resources. And I actually just wrote a book through the help of Marge Blanc, who really helped to pioneer research in this area in Gestalt language development. And she worked closely with me on the book and edited it for me. And I learned so much from her in the process. Oh my, she is the guru. She is like, is amazing. All of this. That is awesome. Where can we find your book? She's amazing. So it's called a parent's guide to echolalia. It's an ebook and it's how to support your Gestalt language processors communication. You can find it on my Instagram or my TikTok page. And both of those are at empowering speech services. And you can go to, there's a link in each of my bios there where parents can have access to that immediately. Awesome. I love that you use the word echolalia in your book because that gets right down to it. I feel like I get so many comments, so many questions about echolalia on Mm -hmm. media when I go meet a parent. So that is awesome. I am, I know I'm definitely going to download and read your book. I'm so excited. And the fact that you worked with Marge Blanc on it. Oh my gosh. She is so amazing. I'm still learning. There's so much to learn. Yes, there really is. So much to learn. And she is the most down to earth, kindest, salt of the earth human. I literally reached out to her to ask about a couple of charts, Mm -hmm. the DST and the DSS, which are language charts that a child will use, um, starting in stage three of their Gestalt language development. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask her about those charts and incorporating those into my book. And she said, well, if you want, I'd be happy to give you feedback throughout the process. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's so cool. Talk about an amazing human. And she taught me so much as I was going through the process. And I just cannot speak highly enough about that woman. She's amazing. I love that. That is so, so cool to hear. Okay. So you said we could follow you on the socials at Empowering Speech. Is that right? It's Empowering Speech Services. Yes. So Empowering Speech Services. You can find me on Instagram and also on TikTok at Empowering Speech Services. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us today. This is an area that parents and speech therapists and just even pediatricians in general need to know more about. So I appreciate you taking the time to share with us. Thank you to all my listeners for joining us on this episode of my podcast. Big, big shout out. And thank you to Kim 
We appreciate you so much. If anyone wants me to discuss any topics related to speech and language, feel free to email me at slpcarriecoy at gmail.com. That's S-L-P-C-A-R-R-I-E-C-O-Y at gmail.com. Your question can be featured in my next episode. Thanks, everyone.